with Hashem's loving grace, I uh, want to dedicate our lesson tonight to all the wounded soldiers and policemen of the Israel Defense Forces and all the courageous civilians that were injured or become sick during, whether in, in body or in, in mind, uh, during the war. There's such unbelievable stories. Uh, a guy became, on October 7th, you know, he became blind and he got his eyesight back. And as soon as he got his eyesight back, he says, going to his old reserve unit. He went right back into Gaza. And today it's a, it's, it's a, a difficult day in Israel. Last Friday, Friday afternoon before Shabbat, there was a, a terrorist hit. Today there was a horrific terrorist attack uh, between Beit Lechem and Jerusalem, in, near uh, Malay Adumim, right side, outside of Jerusalem, where the terrorists, they knew the area and where there's a tremendous bottleneck in the morning by the check post. And they came with two cars and automatic weapons, automatic weapons that they managed to steal from the army. And uh, they managed to steal from the army that uh, there are minorities in the army. And uh, they managed to steal from the army and they, they killed, they started opening up automatic fire against all these cars that were sitting ducks. And it was one policeman and one civilian, a civilian that just got off reserve duty in, in Gaza. And there were three terrorists. They chased one, the policeman chased one terrorist, neutralized him. The civilian, they just got off reduce. He chased another one on the way to neutralizing the second one. He got shot in the hip and he got shot in the stomach. He's hospitalized now. And the third one that uh, the police uh, caught the third one and third one's alive. And they're going to use him for intelligence reasons. So Hashem should send us all a Yeshua for Klai Yisrael. This is a difficult time historically, the month before Purim. We're now, this tonight, it's already in Israel, it's after sundown. Uh, this is the 14th of Adar Aleph. It's called Purim Katan. It's little Purim because we this the leap month. And so the month before Purim, this is the month where the Haman's hatchet is hanging over our necks, where there was a threat of a, a, an, an annihilation to the Jewish people. And I hope that uh, by the Purim, real Purim, which by no coincidence comes out to be the head of the Ramadan month, uh, that we should see big, big salvation. So we're now learning tonight's lessons entitled Silent Power. We are in the second part of Torah 6. For a section look tomorrow, Moran, Torah 6. Last week, we learned that a little did to get everyone back on, on page in case someone wasn't with us. Last week in our part one, we learned that there are two types of honor. There's human granted honor and divine granted honor. When human granted honor, that is like uh, the president of the bank or a, a general director of a company or a colonel, his honor is the, the rank on his shoulder. It's not necessarily what's got inside of him, but he's managed to achieve amongst people a, a station of honor. And everyone questions human granted honor. Does this guy deserve it? Is he a good commander, not a good commander? Is he a good bank manager, not a good bank manager? Is he a good plant manager, not a good plant manager? Everybody all had questions about that. But yet there's the other type of honor that's divine granted honor. And you see the person, the human granted honor, most of these humans, they know how to push their elbows and muscle their way up to the top. Divine granted honor is the exact opposite of muscling one's way to the top. That is when the honor is granted by Hashem, and it's usually granted to the most humble people on earth, like Moses and like King David. Okay, so that, that's advice. So Rabbi Nachman teaches that the only way to attain divine honor is through tshuva, repentance. Not only that, a person, well, we're going to learn tonight, we're going to pick it off where we left off, and Otbet, a person is, is, is not a person until he repents. So this week we're going to learn that we can actually, if we work hard enough, King David did, uh, we can actually nullify our evil inclination. And we're going to learn some uh, uh, spiritual anatomy and physiology, what goes in the heart, and that the evil inclination feeds off the spiritually contaminated blood in the left side of the heart. In other words, when a person does a transgression, last night, amazing, in Psalm 32 in Amuna Hour, we learned the three types of transgression, just like from... Amazing divine direction 
Rabbi Nachad talks about it in tonight's lesson. The same thing, right at Psalm 32, we learned last night. So if you're with us last night, it's a good preparation for today's lesson. And if not, you can go back and see Amuna Hour from last night, a new song. Okay, so uh, we, if you're following in the Hebrew, we're in letter Beit, uh, the second paragraph. And Rabbi Nachman is quoting in Aramaic, that the word Eke, last week we learned, that's Hashem's name, E-H-Y-E-H. It means I will be. When we say Eke, Asher Eke, it's Hashem's name, I am that I am, that he revealed to Moses on Mount Sinai. But it means I will be. So Rabbi Nachman learns from this, it's in the Zohar, that what does it mean? I will be. I'm not, I'm not am. I am is present tense. I will be. It means that a person comes on earth is I will be. A person is not yet a person, says Rabbi Nachman, until he makes tshuva, until he or she repents. Okay. Hainu, what's it called? Tshuva. That it's, I'm not yet a person. I'm prepared to come into the world as a person. And this person prepared to come into the world purpose could be 20 or 30 or 40, and he's not a person yet. What's it mean he's not a person yet? You see the person not a person? No, we're talking about spiritually. You have to understand, when Hashem sent your soul to the earth, Hashem made this elegant sandwich. He took the body of a mammal and he took the soul of an angel and he put them together. He put them together in a combination, a juxtaposition that no other creation in the world and universe, no one has that except humans on planet Earth. This is right here. This is why Hashem concentrated. This is such a micro 0.0000000 part, part of the whole configuration of creation. But Hashem concentrates on what's going down then here because this is a special tikkun, a correction that Hashem wants. Because when a person takes his seven wide mitzvahs or his 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, and applies them to himself or herself, what he does, he subjugates the body to the soul. Okay, yeah, the body, the body's walking down the street, you know, with the modern advertising, this and that, and the body wants all kinds of stuff. And the body wants uh, members of the opposite sex that the body can't have. The, oh, but the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, how many people pay attention to that? And Rabbi Nachman says, don't even think that, you know, people are walking around and 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 with that, there's adultery on the three phases of the soul. We talk about the three phases of the soul, which is nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Neshama is the basic animal soul. That corresponds to a person's deeds. Ruach is the spirit that corresponds to a person's speech. Neshama is the divine soul that corresponds to a person's thoughts. So even though a person can contaminate, look, this is blood in the left side of the heart. It's enough to be contaminated by lewd speech or lewd thoughts. First said, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, yeah, let's see that picture of your thoughts. You wouldn't exactly uh, serve them. If they were a plate, you wouldn't serve the king as dinner in a plate like that. Uh, they don't even want to describe what, what that's like. And that's why we have to pray to Hashem to purify our thoughts. This is why we keep our minds occupied in Torah, our minds occupied in prayer, our minds occupied in saying Psalms, our minds occupied in doing mitzvot, mm -hmm. to keep ourselves purified. And nobody, people say, wait a second, I don't do anything wrong. Hold it. When a close inspection, it can give you something where everybody gets caught. Everybody says, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Stop and think if you said something detrimental about another human being. Would you say that in front of the human being? Chofetz Chaim calls that Loshan Hara, calls that slander. Okay. Slander is murder of character. So that's tantamount. That's on the level of ruach, on the level of spirit, that's murder. So here a person's got a left of contaminated blood and left side of heart, and the part that corresponds to spirit is a murderer. He's a murderer. Why? Because he didn't control his tongue. He or she didn't control his tongue. And that's why the Chofetz Chaim, Rabbi Sorel Meir Hagen, that who was, it, it, it was more uh, befitting to be in the generation of the Mishnaic sages, and he died in 1933. He devoted 
his, his magnopus opus was okay, the Mishnah Bura, and also the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim about pure, purity of speech. He devoted so much purity of speech because this was the key. And this is what the evil inclination, the evil inclination that goes to religious people, unquote. Oh, you do that, you, you eat kosher, you're fine. You keep Shabbat, you're fine. You do this, you're fine. Now, talk about the people that don't do what you do. Okay, and talk about the people that do things other than you, and you just be a highbrow. That's all. And you know, I'm a highbrow for for Hashem's. I'm a I'm a zealot for Hashem. No, you're not a zealot for Hashem, sir. You're murdering other people. Do you know another guy's circumstance? Do you know another woman's circumstance? Maybe all their lives they grew up far away from Hashem. They were about Hashem. Maybe lately uh, they discovered Hashem, and they're not exactly like you. So this way, you see, Rabbi Nachman is not talking. You say, well, what's Rabbi Nachman talking about? I'm not a person yet. I haven't done tshuva. Stop and think and the self-assessment that we're supposed to do every day. If we go through, what did we say all day long? Am I clean? And this is uh, this is what Rabbi Nachman says. Until he does that, he's not a human yet. It's as if he didn't come to the world. Why? As if he didn't come to the world? Because he's still acting like a mammal, but not only wet, worse than a mammal. A wolf will fight another wolf for uh, turkey in the winter. Okay, they did get okay, but a wolf won't uh, talk bad about another wolf. And they, they, they'll fight for they're fighting for survival. It's it, it it's not a matter of maliciousness. The only malicious that the snake is malicious. A snake is malicious, and that's why it's the snake. Uh, the Schatzer Rav of London, he once observed in the zoo that they gave a, a live parakeet to a snake and how snake eats. They don't give they, they give live food. And the snake scared this little poor little bird. It was so sadistic. And the bird finally dropped a heart attack. Then the snake ate, ate him. And, and this is a snake, a snake to pull out the, the intestines of its victim. Okay. So other than the snake, animals aren't cruel. Animals are for survive. They go according to instinct, but humans, that don't activate the divine souls, they're not yet humans. And this is what Rabbi Nachman is telling us. It sounds extreme, but when you stop and you take it apart, that's exactly it. So when a person comes to when a person comes to purify himself and to make shuva, that is an aspect of ekia, the divine name, because now he is prepared to be a human being. He's prepared to have his existence. And this is he purifies himself and purifies his heart. Okay, we continue on. And with Ekia, we learn, according to Kabbalah, that each one of the spheres has a corresponding name of Hashem. And, and each one, this, the Ekia corresponds to the sphere of Keter. Keter begins with Chaf, and Chaf is the first letter of the word Kavod, which is honor. That's the divine honor. Okay, so that is, Rabbi Nachman says, this is an aspect of Keter, Ekia. Now he's made Shuva, and now he invokes, this is so wonderful, and a person would unrealize what he or she is invoking for their soul, they'd be all the time in self-assessment, all the time, and not picking yourself apart, not, you do it, Shuva's got to be happiness, not picking yourself apart and, and not criticizing yourself and not self-persecution. Self-persecution is not shuva. But let's see. Let me just take stock. Okay, I messed up. You know, Shem, you know what my biggest sin was? My biggest sin was when I opened my big mouth, I forgot about you, Hashem. Because had I remembered you, I wouldn't have said something about anybody else. Had I remembered you, I wouldn't have done something wrong. Had I remembered you, I would talk about a whole group of people. And speak of speech, this is it, it, it's right here with us. So Rabbi Nachman says that the tshuva is prepares us to exist, and that right away invokes the light of Keter. We're talking about the highest sphere. This is a sphere we don't have any idea because Chabad, Chachma Bina and Dat, that's below the Keter. Keter is what's called in Kabbalah the Makifin or Makif. It is outside the brain. The brain cannot internalize it, but the brain can feel it because it is divine light that encircles us all around. So the Chabad, the Chochmah, Bina, and Dat, they, of course, understand who Keter is, but they themselves don't have any idea of Keter. 
This is the highest part. And this is the light. It's amazing. This is the light that ooh, ignites the soul. You say, ignite my soul. That's the light of Keter. Okay. But there's a thing. Keter is so strong. Uh, Keter is also, if we look at a play on words, there is, uh, Keter also means, wait, wait, hold on. And the Gemara and Tractate Yuma says when it talks about Yom Kippur, it says, When a person comes to purify himself, it's not okay, you come to purify, that's it. But now you get, you come to purify, Shem, help me purify myself. Okay, you get help. So it's the same thing when a person comes to a fancy perfume store. Back in the time of the Gomorrah, the fanciest perfume was persimmon oil. I don't know if it's the same persimmon as today. But a person would come from persimmon oil. It's only a small stuff. didn't have tremendous, you didn't have an amount of persimmon oil like you have olive oil. So if a person would come to buy persimmon oil, they say, wait, we don't have a stock. Uh, we'll, we'll get it. You're in line. You'll get it in another three weeks. Okay, so you have to wait. Person that buys per persimmon oil, they say, I'm 10. They say, wait. And this is the aspect of Keter. Don't think you're going to get there. This is knowledge outside your brain capacity. And wait, wait, wait till you purify yourself enough to get there. Hashem will help you, but don't think that's it. And because what would happen if Hashem gave us the light of Keter right away? It would fry our brains, number one, because we don't have the capability. When a person makes repentance, when a person makes tshuva, he prepares the soul that's in his brain as a worthy spiritual uh, uh, vessel to receive this divine light. So, you know, take a, 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 a take a glazier. A glazier, he doesn't build a fine chandelier in one day. Sometimes make the things with three months. Okay, so we're building this fine crystal goblet in our brains, in our neshamas, to accept the light of Keter from our tshuva. Wait, how do we build it? We build it by tshuva, by self-assessment, by penitence all the time. And once again, penitence is joy. Penitence is saying, okay, Hashem, where am I amiss in performing your commandments? Okay, whatever commandments that they're compared to you, the, the seven, seven Noahide or the 613. If someone's unclear, I strongly suggest you should read Amuna and the Noahide. Uh, even though a person has seven Noahide mitzvahs, there are many, the Rambam cites another 30 mitzvot that a Noahide is more than welcome to, to keep, for example, honoring the parents. Honoring your parents is not one of seven Noahide mitzvahs, but uh, you're not going to get close to Hashem by not honoring your parents. Um, a Noahide is not allowed to steal. And there's certain types of swindling, white-collar swindling, that, that's not outright stealing, but maybe veering from the truth. Okay, uh, you're not going to get your light of Keter by going there. You've got to be this. So this, I strongly suggest that people read that. Okay. So the aspect of Keter, uh, we have to, if we want to get this light, we have to purify ourselves. And like we say, it takes time. Like we're waiting to get the uh, persimmon oil. Now, Kodama Tshuva, we go back, Rabbi Nachman reiterates. Kodama Tshuva. Okay, let's see where in the Hebrew, if you're following along. Okay, we're now in the fourth paragraph in the Likute Moran in Hebrew. So where is the light of Eki? It's always there. It's always there. But why doesn't a person get it before tshuva? Because it is concealed from him. In order to get it revealed to you, you have to have the proper penitence, the proper tshuva. Because he hasn't yet prepared himself for existence in the world. If he doesn't have the vessel for the light, the vessel for the light, we said is shuva. And he hasn't done shuva, intense shuva, and completes, takes stock from head to toe and every part of the body and every part of the neshama. And we take about part of the neshama that the nefesh, the animal soul, ruach, the human soul, and neshama, the divine soul, it's got to take stock in every one of them. What did I do? When a person gives a little slap or, or pushes somebody in line or something like that, oh, that is a big, even if he didn't, uh, they didn't mean any bad. 
he's standing in a crowded line and he pushes somebody, even if it's accidental. If it's still accidental, he still has forgiveness to that person. Okay, that, for example, is a blemish in the bodily soul, the human soul. And as we said, anything in word is a blemish in the spirit, in ruach. And anything in the thoughts, well, I don't think bad about anybody. Hashem, I don't need the bad thoughts for the Yetzer. I just want to do your will. I just want to do your will. When you have bad thoughts, run to Hashem. Escape to Hashem because you run to Hashem and you get accepted under the heavenly throne. And the evil inclination is not allowed to get there. Evil inclination has to argue his case from outside, heavenly court. He's not allowed into the heavenly throne. When you run to Hashem, Hashem, help me. Okay, Hashem, help me. Hashem's a father. He says, okay, come unto the heavenly throne. Now let's see who's going to play mess around with you. <laughs> Nobody. That's why that we have to run right away to Hashem. Now here is the big secret. Rabbi Nachman is about to tell us. Okay, if a person has not yet prepared himself to receive the light of Keter, it means that all that blood, contaminated blood is active in the left side of his heart. The blood is called dam. How does he correct that? Dam is bloodshed and disparagement, humiliation, insult. Okay. When you think, don't think, Hashem, what are you doing with it? Insult me in front of in front of 500 people in the synagogue. Ooh, that's a present. You should dance. Because what Hashem is doing when you're insulted really bad, Hashem is doing an open heart surgery and he's taking out the blood from the left side of your heart in one condition, if you are silent. And that's tonight's lesson, silent power. In other words, if someone insults you and you're silent, then Hashem does the operation, the open heart, the spiritual open heart surgery, and it's successful, and he cleans the blood on the left side of your heart. But you can't say a word. Cannot say a word. Now you can see this, the trail to tranquility. Old Isaac, he talks about that quite a bit. Quite a bit. How about suffering, insult? And old Isaac, he was perfect at that. Yeah, you could tell him, he would say, uh, and old Isaac's friend, Jerry, his friend, Jerry, in the book, I tell a story that comes right out of Gamora and Babakama. Uh, these highbrows come from uh, the UK, and they come to old. They come to to old Isaac's uh, inn, his country inn, and they want to rent horses. So Jerry Jerry Miller has a horse farm down the road. They go and rent horses, and they complain that they don't have the exact saddle. He's got want to be the Western saddles. He's a crude primitive. Don't have English saddles here. And they say then, and they say, "What kind of what kind of idiot are you?" He says, "Well, I'm not only an idiot; I'm a donkey." So he gets down on all four and he puts the saddle on his back. So if you don't ride a horse in Western saddle, you can ride a Western saddle on my back, okay? Because then you'll have a donkey. All right. So this is the Gemara says that if a person calls you a donkey, put a saddle on your back and tell him he's right. This is not only being silent. Disagreeing with the person, you completely neutralize the other person. And what you did, you just helped the Shem make a successful, painless cardio, oh, cardio surgery, open heart surgery, and it cleans the blood, the contaminated blood of the left side of, left side of your heart. Rabbi Nachman says this is the greatest tshuva. He says, and what is this? Why? Because he prepared, listen to this, David Dome. You turn the dam into dome. The word for silence in Hebrew is dome. Okay, so the word for dam, okay, here, yeah, well, we got dam here also. Here, listen to this dam. Your word for, okay, dam is blood in Hebrew, and the word for silence is dome. Okay, so you take dam and turn them into dome. <laughs> okay, I couldn't help that. Okay, plenty of very funny tonight. All right, so. <laughs> You got to keep a smile on her face. Despite the difficult times, Rabbi Nachman says it's a mitzvah to be happy. Even if we tell silly jokes, if it's enough to keep us happy, then that's a mitzvah. Okay, so we, by accepting the insult spiritually, we take this dam, this blood, dalad mem, and we turn it into doom. And we turn it into silence. And and Samuel, he says, Boiza ikalu kedayin adam chalal smoli balev. What happens? Why did a person get the insult? 
person got the insult because the active contaminated blood in the left side of the heart was a magnet for the insult. Now, Hashem is such a loving father. You cannot understand how Hashem is such a loving father. That the heavenly court could say, wait a second, what they did, they deserve a car accident, heaven forbid, they deserve bankruptcy, heaven forbid. No, Hashem says, I'm going to give them a juicy embarrassment in public. So Hashem, and this embarrassment in public, if you knew what is the atonement for, you'd sing and dance and say, bring it on, bring it on. That's not, that, that, that's more, more than that. What you're, what you're disparaging me, that's only part of it. That's much worse than that. Okay. And even if you could just smile and, and put a smile on your face, that's enough. Don't have to answer the person. Smile and that's enough. And that atones for all the sins that caused the contaminated blood in the left side of the heart. And King David was a master at that because he got so much disparagement. So King David says, now we understand what he says in Psalms, Libi halal bekilbi. We said, Psalms, my left side of my heart is a void, it's a vacuum. There's nothing in there. Because he was such a tshuva, the book of Psalms, all types of tshuva. You think King David is talking about himself? Who knows the, the stuff he did? Who knows what the way he's talking about himself? No, that's it, Libi halal bekilbi. Because until a person has some humiliation, uh, I wrote a whole book. One of my most popular Hebrew books is called Nafshi Tidom. It's a whole book about Torah Vav. And it's a whole book about dealing with verbal abuse. Okay, so I, I got a complaint from one guy. One guy wrote me a letter of complaint. He says, before I read your book, I used to get all kinds of verbal abuse. And now that I read your book, I don't get abuse anymore. <laughs> He's angry at me. He says, you know, now that I know what it's worth, I don't get it anymore. Now, we have to know that this is this is really it's what Hashem gives us verbal abuse. It's Yom Kippur. It's a day of atonement. You don't go away without a big gift. And what I know there are people, there are people that have bought bottles of fancy wine, bouquets of flowers, and given it to the person that insulted them. Thank you very much. Now there's something to take along. Don't be vindictive, but you can't go around insulting other people. The Chafetz Chaim says, here's the other thing. that Don't think it's, a, it's, a, it's such a magical thing. It's a double. Double, you get cleaned up afterwards. Usually when someone has, they found that, that someone has, uh, I don't like to say the word in English. It's a nasty six-letter curse word. It's a sickness that begins with C and ends with an R. Six letters. And the middle is A-N-C-E. Okay. So we don't like to contaminate my mouth with that. But if a person has surgery... And they take these tentacles out that the oncologist, surgical oncologist, he better get it all out. Because if he doesn't get it all out, then it comes back in rage. So I wrote in, in one of my Emuna, I said one of my Emuna Beams broadcasts about Hamas, that if you leave it there, it's going to come. If you, if you leave them still on their feet, it's not enough to defeat them, just to send them to who knows where. To planet Mars and you know let them let them be power and have power on planet Mars, but not here, but not here because they grow right back. They grow right back. Uh, it's like terminal disease. So what's what Hashem does to us? Hashem he makes this operation on us, and then sometimes even after the operation, the person says, "Wait a second, I've got to be clean." But he comes back against another insult. Why well, comes back another insult? That is like after the surgical oncologist, usually after taking the tentacles of the nasty big C out of that person, that person undergoes massive massive chemo. Why massive chemo? You made the operations finished. No, that if there is something left in there, we're going to fry it. And so Shem wants to make sure that there's nothing left in there. But what happens? Most of us cry and complain. Complain, oh, the neighbor did that to me. The neighbor not nice to me. The neighbor is. So Shem does something else. What's a Shem do? Uh, Hafez Chaim explains, if someone disparages you, guess what? You get their mitzvahs, their good deeds, and they get your transgressions. So that's Hashem does chemo on your heart. <laughs> you don't have any transgressions. You go out to the person that disparage you. Do not insult another person. The Gemara says that it's better for a person to jump into a fiery furnace rather than insulting another human being. Because remember, that other human being, if you're Hashem's beloved son or daughter, and you are, 
that other human being is too. We say, wait, I'm, I'm upright and he's not. Okay, but maybe if he or she had the right instruction, had the right teacher, they might be upright too. Okay, so we say that before repentance, the light of Eki is hidden from a person. And once he does make repentance, then he can uh, he can invoke this light. And this is what Ecclesiastes says in chapter 10. He says, a fool's heart is on the left side. What do you mean a fool's heart on the left side? All our hearts are on the left side. No, it's a fool's heart. It's the emphasis on left side. A righteous person, his heart, his or her heart, is the blood is flowing through the right side. The left side is neutralized spiritually. Okay, We're not talking about physiology. We're talking about spiritual anatomy and physiology. Okay, spiritual cardiology. But this was King Solomon, the wise fellow man. He says, that the heart of a person on the left side. And that's how King David could say, that Libi Chalabir says that the left side of his heart is empty. And, and this is why uh, he could invoke the divine name of Ekia. Right. So, and look something else, it goes secret and secret and secret. Uh, the same numerical value as Dam, which is 44, is blood and scorn. Blood and scorn. Because uh, in the book of Samuel, uh, Samuel 2, chapter 30, uh, the prophet says, those who scorn me, in Shem's name, those who scorn me will be dishonored. And the, the scorn is also the <laughs> dam. Okay, so the correction is that, is a fach dam le dom. Okay, it's silence, dam le dom. And the, the same letters, dalad mem, but they have different vowels. Dam has the vowel of hatach, and Dom has the vowel of Cholim. You don't have to write it with a Vav. You can write it with a Cholim. Okay. That you should be from those who listen to their disparagement and they don't answer. And don't be so didactic about your own prestige. Because you know what the blood on the left side of the heart indicates? It indicates that a person transgressed. So when you transgressed, excuse me, madam, excuse me, sir, were you worried about Hashem's prestige? When you trampled Hashem's prestige, you trampled the law in his Torah? Okay, so what Hashem does, Hashem wants to wake you up. And if a person tramples Hashem's law, Hashem engineers it that that person should get the disparagement. That is a present. Because rather than Hashem, Hashem could give him a double whammy with a financial loss, a health loss, Hashem gives him verbal abuse. The verbal abuse, it doesn't cost any money and it doesn't cost your health. And Hashem, that's the way Hashem cleans up the person. And the way to avoid the plus, it cleans you up. But the way to avoid it, the person says, okay, even despite the fact verbal abuse, once I got it, okay, I'll use it for the best, but I don't want it. Okay, the way to avoid it is to worry about Hashem's dignity, Hashem's honor, and not to worry about one's own honor. This is, again, those who seek the human honor, the honor runs away from them. And those who seek the divine honor, truly seek divine honor, the honor chases after them. Okay, so, that he was, won't be exacting about his own covod, when he upholds I am silent to Hashem as a Kaddish Bohu Mapilo Khalalim. When you're silent in the face of insult, a Kaddish Bohu knocks down your enemies. Knocks down your enemies. Kamosh Katuv in Psalm 37. Dom Lashem Vitalelo. There, David, this is where you're mentioned in Psalm 37. Dom Lashem. Okay, be a dome for Hashem. Be silent for Hashem. Vitalelo. And Vuyapilo Khalalim. If a person is silent to Hashem, then Hashem will knock down his enemies. And this is uh, our, what our, our sages in, in Tractate Gitin in the Gemara, that's how they translated that uh, particular passage in Psalm 37. In other words, Hainu, Libi Halal Bekilbi, what King David says in Psalm 109, my heart is a void, my heart is a vacuum, there's no blood on the left side. Hainu Ayyadeh, Shanit Meit Adam Bechalal Asmoli, because the blood left 
the left side of the heart. Okay, we're in the very last sentence in Ot uh, Beit, in the second letter. This is an aspect of slaughtering the evil inclination. By slaughtering the evil inclination, in other words, by prayer, you could get an army with nuclear weapons and the most sophisticated warfare, and you can't beat the enemy. You can't beat the evil inclination. But you could be a little simple person, and you're quiet in the face of terrible humiliation, terrible disparagement. You have just slaughtered the Yetzirah. You've just slaughtered the evil inclination. It's amazing the power that Hashem gives a pe gives people, but they they don't know what their power is. They think uh, they, they believe in the the, the the physical world. They believe in physical arms. Physical arms don't work. If anybody follows what's going on in Ukraine, follows what's going on in Israel. It's amazing. It's just not cutting it. Just not cutting it. Okay. And this is what King David says also in Psalm 50. Rabbi Nachman, it goes at every paragraph. He's got to quote King David. Quote King David. Because Rabbi Nachman, his nuance was bringing, Rabbi Nachman said, my fire will burn until the coming of Mashiach. And what's his fire that's burned come to Mashiach? That's the fire of Amuna. Rabbi Nachman teaches us the fire of Amuna. Where does Rabbi Nachman learn most of it from? From King David. The King David, Mashiach, the anointed king, that's why Amunah. And that's why in Amunah hour, we're learning so intensely the King David's Psalms, because that is the light of Amunah. And then we come the next night over, we come to Rabbi Nachman, that is Amunah. Because if you've got Amunah, you have everything. You have a smile on your face. You have riches of spirit. And if you have rich, if your spirit is rich, what, what do you care? Hashem is going to give you whatever, your, your, your body, your family, everything you need. And so if a person... Longs Amuna. Amuna, what's like Amuna's closeness to Hashem. It's not faith. It's closeness to Hashem. Need to get close to Hashem. This is our whole purpose on earth. So when you strive to get close to Hashem and happy are the people that are, are with us on Wednesday night, with us on Thursday night, and this they can they can show, they can show where they come after 120 years. Or what do you mean you want to be close to Hashem? Okay, let's open up the archives. I could have been watching the, the Derby, Manchester United, the city. I could have been going to the movies. I could have been going to the ballet. I could have been going bowling with the guys. I could have been sitting in the pub. No. It's <laughs> learning a Muna. That's it. That shuts up the Mekatleg, the evil inclination that is the accusing angels and all his henchmen. That's it. It's guaranteed. People knew that. They would be running to learn a Muna. Running to learn them. So this is why it is capable of slaughtering the evil inclination. And that's what King David says in Psalm 50, Zoveach Toda Yechabdeneti. That someone who uh, gives a gift offer, a thanks offering, this honors me. So our sages in the Gemara Sanhedrin said that what's the biggest thanks offering a person could give to Hashem? We're going to give him a person a, a nice Angus bull. I'm going to go especially to Scotland and I'm going to find the biggest black Angus bull, the best one, a two-year-old baby bull. And I'm going to fly him over to Israel and going to bring him to the base of Big Dush. So why are you going to the problem? Why are you going to the problem? <laughs> you're, you're the left side, of the, on the left side of your heart. Okay. You do that. You slaughter the Yetzer. And that is the biggest honor you can give me by slaughtering your Yetzer. Because when you slaughter your evil inclination, then I'm there to fill the void. And what does Hashem fill the void with? The light of Keter, the light of Ekya. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I'm saying things that are so beautiful. Don't think I'm presumptuous enough to understand what I'm talking about. Okay, this is, that's it. I, I do, I, but, but I know this is beyond, this is what's called Mekifin. This is beyond my comprehension. But that's what it says, Elohim, Hashem is prepared for us to give us gifts in the next world that we can't even understand. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, we're now up to letter Gimel. Letter Gimel. Okay, letter Gimel, that's the third letter. And in letter Gimel, Rabbi Nachman says, V'tzarich lechoz tamid b'midat ha'tshuvah. A person has to hold on always to the trait of penitence, the measure of penitence. In other words, it's not just Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. 
and then business as usual all year long. And then we say all oh, year, especially Purim. Purim is also a time for tshuva. Adar is a time for tshuva. We see that people were in such dire situation. It's a difficult situation uh, with everybody drafted, everybody gone, and the, the economy is down. There, just last night, there, last night there were a lot was was missiles from Yemen and a lot they knocked it out, knocked it out. Okay, a lot was never fired at, but now now it is, and Egyptian border, Lebanese border. The Jordan border is not completely quiet. Within our own country, that the terrorist hits, person stops and look. Hey, listen, it can't funky dory. It's not uh, business as usual. You got to be. Wait a second. Maybe my transgressions tip the scales, because the Gomorrah Tractate on Edward says the person does a good deed. He tips the scales of the world for good, and if person does the opposite. He tips the scales for the opposite. Uh-oh. So that's why Rabbi Dachman says, told us in the previous letter, the person all the time has to be in tshuva. Right here, right here, he says, all the time has to be in tshuva. Who can say, who's presumptuous enough to say, oh, I've already cleaned out my heart. There's no contaminated blood in the left side of my heart. And King David could say it. Okay, but read 150 Psalms and see what he went through to do it. Uh, can you pass that test, sir? Can you pass that test, madam? Uh, the King David could. Okay. And this is what his son, King Solomon, the wise of all men, said in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9, uh, that I am clean of sin. Who could say that? Who is inane? The word is inane. Who is inane enough to say that he has cleaned himself up? Now, Rabbi Nachman gives us this. I, I, I see this. I'm, I'm mama sh shiver. And that this is exactly what we learned last night in Psalm 32. Rabbi Nachman brings it right here. Who could say when they say, Chatati? Chatati is confessing one's sin, accidental sin. Aviti, that's iniquity. That's an on purpose iniquity. What's But nobody says sins on purpose. Oh, wait a second. When you talked about that other person, you read the Chafetz Chaim. You know that you're not supposed to talk about another person, but you didn't overcome the evil inclination. You did that willfully. So that's called iniquity. And then Pesha. Pesha, that is a transgression. That is something willful. Okay, what's the difference between iniquity and a transgression? Iniquity is when uh, you're in the ring with... Uh, the evil inclination and the evil inclination trip you, you fell down. Okay, but you get back on your feet. Okay, but uh, the transgression is when a person subjugates himself to the evil inclination. So even if a person makes this, oh, Hashem, I ask forgiveness for all the three levels of sin. Okay, uh, sir, ma'am, are you sincere? Are you sincere? So we all the time, have to ask ourselves, are we sincere? And do we have an ulterior motive? Uh, am I having financial problems that I want Hashem to forgive me so I'll get better income? Am I having a health problem that I want Hashem to forgive me? Or have I blemished my soul that the only thing I want to do is because I want to get closer to Hashem? The people, are, look, it's all ulterior motives. And Rabbi Nachman is telling us that any ulterior motive in the service of Hashem, that's not sincere. That the only sincere type of tshuva is when a person wants to get close to Hashem. And that is what's called with no ulterior motive. That even when a person is confessing, he has to stop and think. He's has to stop and think. That, am I clean? Am I sincere? A person has to stop and think about the sincerity of his heart. And sometimes, if it wasn't sincere, maybe I got to go back and say, Hashem, you know, I wasn't so sincere. I want to be more sincere. This is what Rabbi Nachman teaches us. He says, That tshuva is something ongoing. Because what happened when you made tshuva, 
Even if it wasn't perfect shuva, you elevated yourself to a higher level. Okay. But now on that higher level, more is expected of you. So the old shuva is not good enough on the higher level. In other words, your performance in high school football is not good enough for the performance of, uh, of collegiate football. And that's not good enough for the performance of professional football. And that's not good enough for Mundial. Every time you go up in the league, you have to improve and improve and improve. So a person has to make what Rabbi Nachman says. He has to make tshuva on his previous tshuva. Rabbi now continues. Even if a person knows in his heart, wait a second, all I care about is getting close to Shem. I did full penitence. I did full tshuva in my heart. Even so, a person has to say tshuva on his first tshuva. Because in the beginning, when he made tshuva, he made it according to his spiritual level on the, the, there. But now after tshuva, he's at a higher spiritual level. Okay, so he's, he's now knows Hashem better. You're closer to Hashem. So the old shuva doesn't cut it for the new league. You play in the new league. So it means that you have to be in better spiritual shape to play in the new league. That a person, that his first shuva, it was, had a physical aspect. He was trying to get off the hook. He was trying to get off Hashem, I need to win my case against uh, income tax. Hashem, I need to get a salary raise. Hashem, I need to get a parking space. Hashem, I need to, any, any one of the things. This is talking about something spiritual. That's not true. That's something physical, something material. And a person has to be, do tshuva, for the old tshuva, it was material, and now he's higher, and he's got to do tshuva, which means getting close to Hashem. And now Rabbi Nachman says, this is an aspect of the world to come. The world to come is compared to Shabbat. It's a world that's completely Shabbat. I know tshuva. Tshuva, what's there, it's, it's complete tshuva. The word Shabbat, the letter Shabbat, shin, bait, taf, are the root letters of tshuva. Shuva doesn't mean penitence. It means returning to Hashem. So a person on Shabbat gets a neshama yatera, a double, twice powerful uh, divine soul that enables on Shabbat. That's a Shabbat we feel so much closer to Hashem. What Rabbi Nachman says, don't think it's, it's not what uh, the Hamas terrorists think with their, their world to come is the, you know, the 72 verse. You know, that, that's so disgusting. So disgusting. Uh, the aspect of the world to come is getting close to Hashem. And divine knowledge, divine understanding, where according to the work we've invested, according to the spiritual vessel we have done down in this world, that Hashem fills us with divine knowledge that is so sublime, nothing, ayin lo zulato, uh, the prophet says that nothing, nothing in the world can compare. You can't understand anything in the world that compares to this. So that's his aspect of the world to come. The world is kulo, Shabbat. Shabbat means v'shavta. The same, you turn the letters around, it means coming back to Hashem. So Hashem wants to come back to Hashem. And that's it, so that we can have a perception of his godliness. Okay. The the, our sages told us in the Gemara Sanhedrin, Rabbi Nachman is, uh, is, is giving a pile right here, but he is summarizing what we learned up to now, that anyone who has made shuva and done it the right way and has succeeded in slaughtering his evil inclination, and that is he's turned the blood into silence, He's turned the dam into dom, turned the blood into silence. And that is an aspect of ekia. That is aspect of keter. That's the sphere of keter. The holy name ekia, the sphere of keter. And keter is divine honor. Keter is divine honor. Both start with chav. Kanal, umit alav. And a person that, what, what happens in the base of Migdash, in, in the holy temple, when a person brings a sin offering, 
a sin offering is an animal. And the Kohen says, uh, what are you doing here, my friend? He says, oh, Kohen, I forgot it was Shabbat and I messed up on Shabbat. Okay, so confess. So before he slaughters the animal, the person puts both hands on the animal and a person confesses, confess to Hashem, Hashem, I did this, this, and that wrong. Okay, this confession, a person is supposed to ponder that really he deserves what the animal is getting. Okay, but the animal, the blood of the animal go on the altar. And this is a kapara, this is substitution, atonement for person's sin. That is the power of the Holy Temple. The Holy Temple right away, right away uh, atones for person's sin. So when a person makes, uh, admits his wrongdoings to Hashem, that's called vidui. And that way he's, He's slaughtering his, his, his evil inclination. Not only with the actual slaughter of the animal, the confession to Hashem is slaughtering his Yetzirah. Because the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, will let you do anything but not confess your sin. And but don't think that this is what, what people call confession. Confession to us is only to Hashem. No in-between. You don't pass go. Don't collect $200. It's only to Hashem. So that is tshuva. And that way a person that does that, a person will receive higher divine light, uh, higher spiritual awareness, and be uplifted. And especially if he makes tshuva on his first tshuva. Okay, so that brings us. Uh, don't want to run too fast. We're going to hold up right here. Hold up right here and let her gimel. Bo Hashem, you made Got a mouthful. It's a lot to, to digest. And next week, Bezrat Hashem, we should continue on with Torah Vav. And meanwhile, everybody should have a wonderful week and a great Shabbat. And once again, I want to thank our host, Rabbi Arya Wolbe, in the Torture Organization in Houston, Texas. It is an honor for Amuna Beams to cooperate with Torch. And let's hope we can do it for many, many years. The Chrysler Corporation says five years of 50,000. I wish for myself and Rabbi Aryeh 120 years of Mashiach, whichever comes last. The five years, fifth time, whatever comes first, we should have uh, 120 years or uh, Mashiach, whichever comes last. God bless.